And tonight I'll read something from Hafiz. says, someone should start laughing. I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, how are you? I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, what is God? If you think that the truth can be known from words, if you think that the sun and the ocean can pass through that tiny opening called the mouth, a someone should start laughing. Someone should start wildly laughing now. I like his writings. It's so simple. There's a lot of truth in, it, in the simplicity that he shares. One more time I'll just share about uh, this coming Sunday. Bill Stratton will be doing uh, light columns here in Austin. Workshop. It's from 2 to 4 here at the center. And... Uh, after going over what light columns are and how they work and how to uh, go out and plant them, then you're going to take a little tour around Austin. Is that right, Bill? And actually uh, do some planting of light columns. And that could be a lot of fun and a great service as well. So you might find it uh, both very educational, fun, and uplifting. So please come if you'd like. And it's all free, no charge. <coughs> And for those that came in late, Brian's not here tonight because he hurt his shoulder, so he's home resting. So here I am. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Well, it's very interesting. There is a movement on this planet that... Um, actually carries a lot of question, the why of things. Why is this happening? Why again? Uh, why not something different? Why does this have to be? Um, and it's rising up not just because of the hurricane that hit uh, the Gulf Coast, but it's just rising up all over the planet, the why of things. And one thing I've seen in traveling inside and in my inner experience is that this planet has always been the same. It is a, a school. It is an opportunity of learning for the soul to have experience here, to learn here, to grow. And it is ever the same. If you went to an elementary school and left it and went on to middle school or junior high and on up to high school and maybe to college and beyond and ever returned back to the elementary school, you would find that it's very much the same today as it was 15 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, whenever it was you left it. It's very much the same. It may be a different teacher in the classroom. The furniture may be different, if they're lucky. <laughs> but it is still the same. The same situation, the same lessons. And so it is with this planet. It is a school. It is an opportunity of learning here. And it remains the same. And the lessons just repeat over and over and over until the soul gets it. How many times have I said, I'm going to repeat it over and over and over till you get it? And there will be a day when all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, I get what he's talking about. Or 
you'll say, golly, why didn't you ever say it like that before? I've never heard you say that before. And in truth, I've said it over and over the same way, or very similarly. So it is in life in general. This universe, this planet, repeats lessons over and over and over so that the soul can, through that repetition, get the lesson learned, get the lesson experienced and fulfilled. When we have gone through those repetitions, when we have learned those lessons, that's when the soul begins to long to go home. Up until then, the soul knows it wants something, but it is looking downward and outward into the world for its fulfillment. But when we fulfill all the lessons that are here for us to have, the soul begins to know and begins to look elsewhere. And that's what the longing of the soul is about. The soul is longing for God. The, lo the longing is to return home from which we came to unite once again with the Lord. And what I hope that in our sharings and in our meditations and in your daily practice of meditation, you're beginning to feel and know that inner call and that inner longing. Because it is God calling us home. It is like a tug on the string of a puppet. The puppet sits limp and motionless until the puppeteer comes and begins to play with the strings. And then the puppet comes alive and moves around. Well, in a very similar fashion, it's when God calls us home, when he pulls upon our little life cord that connects us back home to God, that the soul begins to go, oh, it's not here, it's not in the world. I feel the call up, I feel the tug up, I'm longing for something up. And then we begin a different journey, an inward journey, going back home to God through that inner call and that inner tug that God has created for us for that return. So tonight when I was doing the meditation, I was bringing about the awareness within your consciousness, if you haven't experienced it yet, to begin to pay attention to the longing of the soul. The soul is truly longing to go home. But oftentimes, we at the mind level misinterpret that feeling, that longing, that wanting. And we misinterpret it into the world, and we are ever longing then for more money, or more possession, or more things of the world in some form or fashion. And we misidentify that longing, and we miss direct the energy of that longing back out into the world. And then we wonder why we are not getting fulfillment, either fulfillment in the outer world, in the outer life form, or in the inner through our meditation. If you're not finding a true inner experience, begin to listen to that inner call of the soul wanting to go home. And allow yourself to become sensitive enough to feel it, to know it, to hear it, to see it, however it comes alive for you. Because it is truly that longing that will get you to sit down and meditate. Not just five minutes, but for hours on end. Because the soul, when it truly knows 
that call, in response to that call, it will put the body down however it can to sit in meditation. You know, for some people, it's a very simple process once they get initiated to just sit down and go inside and to begin to practice the inner discipline of meditation. And part of the reason is, is because in their outer life, in this lifetime, they have developed or they have brought with them that discipline, that action of discipline. And they have developed it in lesser forms or greater forms through their physical actions, some through physical exercise, some through mental exercise such as in education, or some in building businesses and developing their discipline and having to oversee so much in one structure. So they've learned and developed that outer discipline. And when that inner call does begin to call them inside and they begin to practice the meditation, they can take that outer discipline that they've formed and put it in action inside as well. So for some who have developed discipline in this lifetime, it's an easy process to move it from an outer to an inner action. But for some of us, we really haven't developed that action of discipline in our lives. We've sat back and said, manana, tomorrow. I'll get it done tomorrow. Or maybe somebody will do it for me if I don't get it done. I'll wait and I'll see. And then we wonder why things aren't getting done in our world, in our life. And it's because we haven't developed that discipline to stay on top of things, to stay present in the moment, and to do and fulfill what's present in the moment. If you have a lot of tomorrows riding along your coattail, you're going to find that you're ever pull back, back into the tomorrows, into that energy that is following you around, waiting for you to fulfill tomorrow. Do it tomorrow, meaning do it now. And so it really is a process of developing that discipline. That's where the word disciple comes from, one who has the inner discipline, one who has developed the inner discipline is a disciple who is truly living the teachings, living the initiation, living the meditation. That is discipleship. That is discipline. So begin now, if you haven't up to this point, to begin to look and to develop that inner discipline, that inner action to sit down, to stay present, to stay awake inside so that you truly can begin to know that inner call. Because God is calling the soul home all the time. All of humanity on this planet today, every soul, God is calling to come home. There is not one soul that is not being called to come home. But it is only a few that truly hear and respond, feel and respond, see and respond. It is only a few. The reason being that so many people have so many lessons yet to learn in the world that their focus is distracted 
Their focus is outside, in the world where the lessons reside. And that is fine. That is how it's set up. So they're not going to hear that call of the divine to come home. But those that have finished or come close to finishing the lessons here, they are hearing, you are hearing that inner call. That's why you're here tonight, rather than being somewhere else. Because the soul is saying, this is more important than anything else you could be doing. So just as this is more important to come here and to listen and participate in this family setting of spiritual family, so it is sit down daily. Dedicate yourself to that inner call. Give devotion to that inner movement of loving. It is that inner call, that inner stirring that is pulling you home. And it is that building of the name, the power of the name up inside of you that propels the soul inward and upward back home from which it came. That is the power of the name. I know when I used to pray, I used to pray talking to God. Not complaining to God, but talking to God. Sharing with God. And then I realized that the real sharing was sharing of loving. So in your meditation, spend time in sharing loving with God. Don't spend time in a prayerful state saying, well, Lord, I want your loving to go here and I want this to happen for them and what about me? And Don't make it a prayerful time. Do your prayer time if you pray at a separate place, in a separate time, separate from the meditation energy. Allow your meditation to truly be a place of devotion, a place of inner focus, a place of awakening. Awaken first to that inner stirring, to that inner loving, to that movement of spirit that is the light and the sound that is calling us home. By doing your meditation, and sharing your loving with God first and then opening to receive God's loving, you wake up into the divine that you are. And there's no other way to do it than inside. <coughs> so I want to move the energy in a way where we begin to focus more on our inner practice and to answer questions right now on your inner practice, on what is going on for you or not going on for you, and to truly share in this moment what is taking place or ask questions in this moment that might be of concern about your blocks, about your fears, about what's happening or what's not happening, so that we truly can become even greater in our discipline and in our devotion. So I just want to open it up for a moment to do that, to be in question, to be in sharing. So if anybody has a question, I'd be glad to answer. And it can be on meditation, it can be on inner focus, it can be whatever you want to ask. 
and we'll go from there. I'm sure it'll be just perfect. Well, I guess there's no question. Oh, here goes two. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Mickey Mouse bringing you the microphone. Is the mic on? Hello? Is it on? Okay. Um, when I'm doing meditation at home, I have a very different experience than when I do it here. And when I'm here, my mind seems... Uh, mercifully quiet. When I'm at home, there's this jabbering, chattering, bouncing around the room kind of thing going on the entire time that I'm doing this. And I sort of know the answer to this question, but I want to hear you say something about it anyway. If my mind is rattling around like that, does that be, can my meditation still be going on the way it's supposed to be at another level? The mind continues chattering no matter what. The key is to rise above it because there really is no stilling of the mind to perfection. It might become quieter as your devotion and your focus rise above it, but it may be until you rise above the mind, it's not going to become quiet because it still feels it has charge over you. And so you have to let it know that it no longer has charge over you. It no longer has distraction for you that you are now focusing above it, into your soul, into that place of loving, and that that's first and foremost, and that that's where you want the mind to begin to look up to as well. And it will in time. It just takes time and discipline. The key is, is not to focus and listen to the mind chatter, but to focus on the name of God and let your conscious awareness go beyond the mind chatter. Oftentimes, we will get distracted and caught up in what the mind is telling us, thinking, well, maybe there's something important. Maybe if I pay attention to it, it'll get quiet if I give it attention. And well, for me, anyway, what I found, that when I give it the mind attention, then it really goes, oh, okay, well, now, and it gets more powerful. It gets louder. It gets more distracting. So I have found for me that I just have to go into the mind and say, oh, okay, so you want to talk. Well, I'm just going to invite God into this conversation that you're having right now so that I can go higher. And I just now invite God into the conversation that you share with God whatever it is you want to share as I go on higher beyond you. I love you and I appreciate all that you're doing with me and for me and through me and around me and in me. And I'm going on now to connect into the truth of who I am. Just however it works for you in the moment. And you have to keep on saying it over and over because the mind will go, oh yeah, and it'll try to get you back. And you go, and I'm going higher. And one way to do it is then just to focus your loving on God and just say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. And the way I'm saying I love you right now is I'm chanting your name. I'm going to continue holding my attention on your name and chanting the name, letting the power of the name build up so that that power lifts me, 
draws me, pulls me, carries me, however it's going to do it, above all the elements of the physical and into my own soul, into my own divinity. And it'll do it in time, but it's a, it really is an energy of discipline, devotion, loving, that will do it. And it's interesting because when we are in a group setting, there is also that ego part of us that goes, oh, well, I've got to show them I'm a good meditator. And so all of a sudden everything gets more aligned and it comes into cooperation with the meditation practice because it wants everybody to know, I'm a good meditator. Look what I can do. And so we might find in a group setting that the meditation is a little bit more profound or peaceful or whatever it might be. And then we go home again and it goes, oh, no, no one to pay attention? Okay, well then we can just run rampant. <laughs> so the thing to do is, is to ask Spirit to be present with you. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and fill every chair in your house with presence. So that the ego goes, oh, well, I've got to be undisciplined. I've got to be centered. I've got to be focused. I've got to prove that I can meditate here. And maybe that would work. I don't know. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I had this awareness earlier in the week in meditation. Um, and it's related to what you've been talking is that mic up? No, go ahead again. It's related to what you've been talking about recently about the fear and love. Um, and I really became aware of the fact that, you know, when I first came in here a few years ago, I was terribly afraid of God. I was terrified of God. And thank goodness that's no longer there. But I'm really afraid of moving forward. Um, I became totally aware that in the meditation, and unfortunately I am in the starry night, in the light, and I'm able to move there and merge with that. But I became very much aware that that's as far as I'm going because I don't know what's beyond there. And I hear, like Brian talking about really terrible episodes he's had and how he had to just love it and love it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, he's now a teacher. He's good enough to love all that, but I'm not sure I can do that. And I'm terrified of what's going to happen if I allow myself to keep moving with that. And so I guess I'd like you to talk about that a little bit. Well, those are Brian's experiences, not necessarily everybody's. I haven't had the same experiences that he's had. But through his experiences and him sharing that, it also helps people who do enter into those to realize there's nothing to be afraid of. That, if anything, all they have to do is love it to listen to it, to ask it to share, what are you here to teach me so I can learn and let you go and I can go on. And to realize that nothing inside and nothing outside can truly harm the soul. Nothing. So that's part of the reason why he shares that, so that people have that awareness. For anyone who goes up into the starry sky, they have begun the journey. And the next part of the journey is to realize then that there's a light, a brilliant light, that is in that starry sky that you want to go into. It may look like a sun, and it may look like a brilliant star, but you want to go towards that light and into that light, because that will take you into the next realm. And there you will see another starry sky. 
the sky of that, that realm. That's the soul level of that realm. And we ever want to go towards the soul level of any realm. It's when we get to the soul level of that realm and anchor ourselves there that we then can go up into the next realm and continue our journey. But when we anchor ourselves at a soul level of any particular realm, that means for the most part we have completed a lot of those things that were to be completed on the realm that we have just finished with, that we have moved into the soul level of. And so... It means to continue the journey. Don't stop there. Don't say, well, job well done. I'm finished. I'm not going any further because I don't know what's out there. What's out there is another realm. A realm greater than the realm you've been in. A realm where things are there for you to work yourself free of. And a starry sky, the soul level of that realm, to go towards. So that you, once again, can look back in that realm and say, job well done. I am complete here. I'm going to go on to the next one. So ever look in that starry sky for that sun, for that brilliant light, and merge into it, go into it, and that will carry you into the next realm. And that will also give you the power to go into the next realm and complete whatever there is there to complete. Because all that you have completed in the realm below you and all the actions of that completion is a reclaiming of your authority, your spiritual authority and your spiritual power that is loving. You've reclaimed it all back from those creations in that realm where you had dispersed that loving, where you had misplaced your expression of creation. You've reclaimed all that and now it stands once again, whole and complete in you as loving. And that power of loving, restored and renewed in you, will be the power by which you will go into the next realm, realm and fulfill yourself there. And if anything does come up that's fearful, just look at it and say, hey, I love you. And the power of that loving that you have claimed and that you now stand in, will dissolve it, will melt it, or it will come to you and it will teach you all kinds of lessons. And it will be the teacher by which you complete whatever that is on that realm that you're on that needs to be completed. They are your teachers. They are your way showers. They are that which is giving you answer to those things that need to be answered. And in truth, once you're initiated, the Lord of this creation cannot touch you. He can come up and he can get right up to your face, right up to your nose, and he can yell at you and he can cuss at you and he can get mad at you, but he can't touch you. And once you know that, once you really know that, you don't run away and you don't react. You just look at him and go, and I love you, God bless you. And he'll go, no, 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 don't do that. I don't want that. I am God here. I'll do the blessing." And he'll leave. He'll depart. He is the angel of death. And he has no more charge over your soul once you are initiated. The charge over your soul now is not the Lord of this creation. The one who is in charge is the Holy Spirit, is God. 
in the power of that initiation, in the power of the name. So trust in the power of the name. Trust in your initiation. Honor it. Live it fully. Allow it to truly come alive in you fully. And do not let fear stop you. Fear is the element in this creation that the Lord of this creation put into motion and calls love. That is the Creator's, at this level's, action of love. And He feeds off your fear. He lives off your fear. Why do you think this universe, this creation, this planet, is so fearful? Because the Lord of this creation needs it that way in order to survive and live. When we live in fear, we are, in a sense, giving love the way the Lord of this creation knows to receive and to create and to be in love, but it's fear. And he eats it, he feeds off of it, and it gives him life. And it lets him know that we are honoring him. We are worshiping his creation of fear. But if we stand free of that fear, very soon he gets bored with you. Because he goes, you're not worshiping me. You're not loving me. You're not living my life anymore. What's wrong with you? Well, forget you. You Just get out of here. Go away. I've got all these that are doing this. Why aren't you joining in? And then a little later he'll come back and he'll go, Maybe I can get you afraid again. Maybe I can stir that fear in you. I'll try. And all you have to do is remember that you are a being of loving and you are living the divine flow of loving. And in the power of the name, you just look at that fear and you look at his creation of fear and you just say, I love you. Whatever you are, whoever you are, wherever you come from, I love you. In the power of the name, I stand here in loving of you, with you, through you, and I move through you now, continuing my journey back home to God. Does that help? Okay. Jim, I have a couple of very practical questions, uh, kind of a series of them. One is, I've been doing my meditation five days a week, uh, which has really worked for me, and, and that I told myself I'm going to do it like I used to do at the gym, where I'd go five days a week and I'd take two days off. But I've been reading a lot with the Initiates Handbook and whatnot that you suggest every day. Can you talk just towards the value of going every day? I mean, I mean, I think I could make myself do that now. I'm at a place I could sort of jump into, you know, sort of advanced, you know, meditation. But at the same time, there was. I don't know, there seemed to be value inside just giving my basic stuff a day off. And it, it seemed to help me do the next day to go back to it. So I just wonder if you could speak to that. Well, the power of the name really builds up if you are doing it every day. It really is being in devotion every day. God didn't say, take a day off for meditation. He didn't say, and on this day you will not meditate. So... That is not in the law of tithing. That isn't in that principle of give 10% of the day to God. He didn't say, except for the weekends, or on Saturday and Sunday you don't have to do so. So I would say that it really is that do it every day, 
And by doing it, the power of the name will build up inside of you in a greater way. You will wake up even more so and have a greater awareness of who you are as divine and truly begin even a more dynamic journey inward and outward by doing it that way. Thanks. That's, that's all I need to know on that. And um, I have a couple of these. So they're pretty short questions. The next one is in the... I've heard JR speak to this before too, is the value of doing all your meditation at once where you can go really deeper into it versus breaking it up during the day and chanting as you're walking or running or talking or jogging or whatever. Can you just speak real quickly to the value of, or is it, as far as breaking up that time, do you really recommend maintaining that 10% all at once and then anything else would just be an addition to that time? It really is find what works for you and doing it all at once, the full two and a half hours, that's where you're really going to find the fuller experience of the power building up. Because remember, it can take an hour, two hours, to get above all the elements of this creation within yourself, to begin to have experience of the divine that we are. Sometimes it takes me 15 minutes, and sometimes it can take two hours before I truly can let go of the body, the emotions, the mind, all these elements, and to begin the journey. It just is what it is every day. It's different. So by giving yourself that time, you're giving yourself an opportunity to let go of all these creations that have been distracting you and to begin to merge back into the awakening soul and travel there. If you do it an hour here, an hour there, half hour here, whatever, you're going to be building that power up. You're going to be, you know, waking up inside and having devotion inside, but you may not have the full experience that you would if you had it all at once, if you'd meditated all the two and a half hours in one setting. Thanks, because one thing I've found, I've described before to friends, is that when I tend to break through in meditation and have a kind of a, a deeper inner experience, there's almost like this point of, you know how you're running and you sort of hit a wall and you really want to quit? You really want to quit. But if you just break through that, you move on through. It's like that's what it feels like. It's like the mind really kicks up at that moment. I really want to stop. But if I move on through, that's how I really see the value of those longer segments. Because it did, if I do it shorter, it doesn't tend to come up that way. I sort of left myself off the hook with that breaking through that wall to the deeper experience.